Welcome to Pastor Matters, the podcast of the Center for Preaching and Pastoral Leadership at Southeastern Baptist Theological Seminary. We hope this conversation will both equip and encourage you to lead healthy churches that make disciples for the glory of God. Hi, I'm Brandon Ward. And I'm Ron Jorlock. We want to thank you for listening to another episode of Pastor Matters. Today, Ron Jor and I are back with Dr. Art Rayner. Dr. Rayner serves as the Vice President of Institutional Advancement at Southeastern Baptist Theological Seminary. He writes widely about issues related to finance, wealth, and generosity. He has authored several books and articles, including The Money Challenge, 30 Days of Discovering God's Design for You and Your Money. Last week, we talked about the pastor and his finances. Today, we're going to talk about the pastor and the church's finances. And immediately, there are some questions that, that come up that are that are similar and kind of overlap, but there's also some that are pretty unique. So let's just get the conversation going by first asking, should the pastor be the financial expert of his church? Why or why not? Well, Brandon and Ronger, uh, first want to start by by saying thank you for, for having me on this this podcast. Mm-hmm. Uh, as I mentioned in the last episode, this is one of my favorite podcasts. I mean, it is it is an incredible resource that you all are putting out there, not just for Southeastern students, not just for Southeastern graduates, but just pastors at large. What an amazing resource and the, the work that you all are doing at the center. Man, man, it's good stuff. So thank you all for, for what you all do. And thank you for having me on the podcast. Thank you. So you you asked a a really good question. Should the pastor be the financial expert of of his of his church? The expert, not necessarily. So if you're talking about somebody that understands all of the ins and outs of of finances, understands exactly how the banking system works, how accounting works, not not necessarily. But should they be aware? Should they have a good working knowledge? I would say, yeah. Yeah, and, and here's why. Ultimately, the the pastor is going to be responsible for the for the finances. I mean, there's not an organization out there where you have the leader of that organization not being ultimately held for held responsible for the organization's finances. Now, it doesn't mean that they know everything or even can control everything, but ultimately, it's it's placed on on their on their shoulders. And so, when things go wrong financially. People often look to the to the leader, so there should be a, at least a decent working knowledge of of finances, specifically church church finances. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So uh, let's let's say uh, for for bigger churches, you know, uh, larger churches, mega churches, so on. There might be some in the congregation who have a, a background. You know, they they've done finance, they've done accounting. And so on, just by virtue of the fact that you know you've got more people, so the chances right. are going to be higher that some you know somebody there or even a group of people there mm-hmm. are engaged in finance and business. But for smaller churches, obviously, you've got a smaller pool to draw from, and there may not be anybody there in the church that has any background in this. Mm-hmm. And so, what should pastors do to equip someone in the congregation to handle uh, the church finances? Yeah, it's a it's a great great question. And, and you're right, in a larger church, you're going to have more people with more um, just experiences, maybe in a corporate co- uh, co- context where they're, they understand um, organizational f- finances. Mm-hmm. If there is absolutely nobody in your, in your church, it's going to be hard to train them to understand organizational finances. So you can certainly maybe provide them some resources, 
I actually lean toward maybe doing some type of virtual employee. So I don't know if you're all familiar with Belay Solutions. They're an amazing organization where you can get a, a financial assistant, a virtual financial assistant to handle all of your bookkeeping, all of your accounting, wow. even all of your all of your payroll. Mm-hmm. That is a legitimate option for for many churches, even some some smaller churches that are that that, that are out there. What I do know is you don't want to mess with your with your church's finances. You don't want to just throw somebody in there who is not familiar with how to manage the books mm-hmm. because you could run into some significant fi- financial situations, situations that are going to erode your credibility, your trustworthiness as a as, as a pastor. Mm-hmm. Once again, even if you might not be fully aware of 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 the, the finances or aware of how every single thing works if there's theft that's that's going on in the in the church which i've seen that happen several times mm-hmm. um maybe um you have this was a real story maybe you have a deacon that comes to you and says hey i have an idea i'm part of an insurance company um we can take out a life insurance policy on everybody in your in, in your church and when they die, church gets the, the money. What do you think about think about that? You need to be able to say no to that. If you say yes to that, you're going to put yourself um, in a pretty bad financial situation. Somebody needs to be able to say no, no to that. Um, so could you raise up somebody? Maybe. But fortunately, we live in a, in a world where there's a lot of virtual options. And, and so I lean toward to that if there's absolutely nobody in your church that has any knowledge of about organizational finances. Hmm. Hmm. One thing that's not unique to just big churches, but even small churches, is the need to sometimes expand, the need to add on to what already exists in terms of the building. Is it is it wrong to accumulate debt for those building projects? Should churches avoid taking on debt when building? And what are some things they should consider if they do decide to take on debt for building expansion. Yeah, we so on the personal level we talked about talked about debt and on the organizational level it's it's very similar. You'll find some individuals that um, are pretty extreme when it comes to debt. And the, the way that they talk about debt it's almost viewed as a sin. And they may they may even say that it's that it's unbiblical to to take on to take on debt. On the other end of the spectrum, you have some people that seem to love debt, that they are um, anything, <laughs> anytime that you can take out debt, the more you yeah, take more out, yeah. more out, more out, leverage it all, all the, for all that it's for all that it's worth. Um, I think the Bible lands somewhere in the, in the in the middle there where it doesn't say that debt is a sin. It's not necessarily wrong in and, in and of itself. It certainly says that we are to be cautious when we, we go into when we're considering debt because you become a slave to the lender. It is a burden that, that you experience, that your church experienced. Your church is going to experience the, the weight of debt every month. If you have a if you have a mortgage, a payment's going to go out. That's a payment that is not going toward something else, mm-hmm. right? And so you're going to feel that burden as a as a church, and ultimately you you have to to make make sure that you make the payments. So the Bible teaches us that those who do not repay their their debts that they're considered wicked they, that term wicked is attached to um, those that do not pay their their bills. And so you have to make sure that you're that you're paying them, that you're a um, that you represent your church well in your in your community. And so I, I would say certainly it's not a sin, but you definitely need to be cautious. With, with going into them, going to, to with eyes wide open. Debt can, once again, hinder your ministry. Debt can advance your ministry. 
if you're looking at a a need, right? I mean, right. It's, a, it's we are busting at the at the seams. There's no way that we can have um, the, the people um, meet together in the in this church. We need a we need a new building. It can be it can help advance your, your ministry, but you want to be very wise with uh, with with your debt. You want to be very cautious with your with your debt. You want to make sure that if you do go into debt, that you're able to pay it off very very quickly. That you have a place and plan to pay it off quickly. I've seen many churches that just take on debt with no real plan on how to, how to pay it off, and that debt just stays stays around for a long period of time. And then another an incoming pastor gets to inherit that debt, and now they have to uh, figure out how to, how to pay it off. And so you want to be very, very careful. Yeah, sometimes the need kind of blocks you from seeing yeah. the how to actually pay it off. Exactly. Bonjour, in your years of, of pastoral ministry, did mm-hmm. you ever come into a situation where y'all's church needed to expand? And if so, what was the decision-making like with that? So in uh, my times as lead pastor, we, we didn't have that situation. But actually, currently, as an elder, we were in that uh, conversation because we have a building uh, project that we're working on. And so we're thinking through the uh, the possibilities. You know, we're, we're in that conversation right now. Should we go big? <laughs> you know, right. uh, should we be more conservative? You know, how do we think through this? How do we process this? Ultimately, it comes down to uh, stewardship. Um, uh, you know, we are, we are entrusted with funds. And so how do we use those funds in a manner that will, that will please the Lord? Obviously a building, you know, we think is a good investment. And so we're thinking along those lines, but there's also the issue of faith. So when you decide that you're going to take out a loan, when you decide that you're going to, you know, uh, to take on uh, some debt, uh, you're trusting, at least that should be a part of the process of, of, of the decision-making, uh, do we uh, trust that we'll be able to pay this off in a timely manner? Do we trust that we'll be able to, you know, uh, um, you know we'll be able to, to get out from under this and we can use those resources, you know, for, uh, for better things, uh, more, more mission-minded, you know, things? And so it, it becomes a, a question of faith then for us. You know, uh, if we don't think that we can do that, if it's too big, you know, of a, of a thing for us, then we shouldn't do it. But if it's something where we think, okay, this is manageable, of course, we, we can't tell the future. We don't know right. if another right. pandemic mm-hmm. is coming our right. way, you know, or something like that. But, but you know, w- with, with what we know now, you know, uh, which is what wisdom is, you know, kind of gaining the understanding, gaining the counsel, you know, with what we know now at this time in this space and all that, what's the best decision uh, for us to make? And yeah, you know, something could happen that could completely derail everything and, and all of that. I don't know, right. you know, uh, but that shouldn't paralyze you. Right. Uh, rather, you go, uh, what is the wisest decision that we make right now? And then we trust God to navigate us and, and uh, you know, to provide for all of our needs. Uh, but, yeah, you know, I, I'm not of the type to say don't accumulate any debt. I'm not exactly a, you know, and, and you'll appreciate this, uh, Art, I'm not exactly a Keynesian, you uh-huh. know, uh, uh, type of person either where it's like take all the debt on you know, <laughs> right. and everything, you know. Uh, uh, who cares what, you know, what, the, what tomorrow may bring? I'm not that guy either. But I, I think that there is a place for strategic borrowing, if you will, uh, of course, provided that you have the resources uh, and you have the plan, as you said, in place where you know how you're going to take care of all of this. And yeah, sacrifices will be made. Uh, uh, but 
we want to make sure that we're we're being good stewards of what God's given to us. On, on the personal, comparing it to your, your personal finances, you, you take out a mortgage to, to buy a home. That's a very calculated decision. There's good rules of thumb that are associated with taking out a mortgage for, for your home. At the same same time, there's good rules of thumb that are associated with taking out debt for right. for your church. You, know, you don't want to go typically beyond two and a half times your your annual um, your annual income or your annual revenue, annual giving. Um, and so, follow those good rules of thumb that that are out there. Be be wise. Um, once again, I'm not anti um, debt, as it uh, it's it's. I think sometimes you'll find people there. Um, I'm not. Let's take out as much as much as you we, we can, but just be wise. Yeah. And that's I think that's where scripture leads us. One of the things that you said just a little bit ago that got me thinking is, you know, sometimes you'll have a pastor who starts a building pro- project and then leaves. Yeah. And that is different yeah. from your personal finances. If you take out a mortgage, that's stuck to you. You can't just <laughs> pass that off to somebody else. Mm-hmm. But it is different with with church. With that's churches. right. Yeah. Yeah, that, that's absolutely right. And it goes back to making sure that you have a plan. To, to pay it off, right, and within a, within a timely timely manner, and um, and part of that process, part of the decision making process, maybe should be, am I going to be here to see this thing through? Yeah, yeah, get get eliminated. Yeah, that's good insight. Good insight. So uh, we're all Baptists here in this room, and uh, that means that we have uh, a a fond fond appreciation of business meetings. Um, <laughs> And as long as there's potlucks involved. As long as there are potlucks involved, yes, yes. Uh, but with those uh, meetings, you're going to have uh, some time carved out for the budget. All right. And, uh, well, let's face it, most of the folks who are coming into the conversation on the budget, one, has no clue. <laughs> what we're right. what we're talking about, uh, you know, they're just now getting a sheet with the budget, or maybe they got a you know they got a PDF a couple days ago, you know, of the budget and so on. But they're but the time that they've spent to really think about the budget is very minimal, uh, and so on. And yet, we as a congregation make decisions, you know, on the budget, whether we approve it, whether we disapprove it, you know, whether we should, you know, play around with the numbers a bit, you know, if someone has has any questions and so on. So how connected should a, a church be to the church's budget, you know, and how, how connected should the members be, you know, in there? So, you know, should we delete that from the from the members <laughs> meeting? Just remind you, you are employed by a Baptist seminary. That's right. Um, and, <laughs> uh, but but if, if we give that, if that's a given, that the congregation should be involved in that discussion, mm-hmm. uh, just how involved should the congregation be, uh, and not just for the business meeting, but even just for the day-to-day, you know, how, how much should uh, we be involved in those conversations? So let me, let me start here. I said this on in the, in the prior episode, a, a budget is a blueprint for, for mission. Mm-hmm. That is very true with the, with the church. And often we get, um, I don't know, I, I think we overlook the importance of a, of, of a budget and what it can do for our church and how it can actually inspire our, our, our church. Because a, a budget should reflect whatever the vision is of the church. Um, you, you can't just simply take a template budget from last year and apply it to this year. I, I've, seen, I've seen churches that are literally still operating on budgets that were originally created. The structure was created 15 years ago. Wow. Hmm. And so I'd ask the pastorals, where are you wanting to take the church? And they 
would say, well, I want to do this and this, and this was where I feel like God is, is leading us. So well, you're never going to get there because your structure says something entirely different. Mm-hmm. It's communicating an entirely different vision. Yeah. And so your budget should align with your with your vision. And so I want to I want pastors to get excited mm-hmm. about budgeting. I know that sounds sounds weird, but I want to get I want them to get excited about it because this is going to be your engine. Yeah. Like this is going to direct the the finances of your of your church and that's awesome. Mm-hmm. As long as it's going to the right right place, as long right. as it's supporting the vision that uh, that that you have mm-hmm. for the for, for the church. And so at the same time, this is a great opportunity to bring the church along and say, hey, here's, the, here's where we're going as a, as, as a church. Oh, by the way, this is a tool that helps us get there, right? And so we've talked about this. Here's now the tool that will help us to, to get to wherever the, the church, is, church is trying to go. So use this as a moment to rally the church, not just a standard budget meeting. Let's look at, look at each line item. Now, this is something to get excited about. I know I'm a nerd. I'm a nerd, but I think it's a, it's an, it's an often overlooked opportunity in, in, in the church because they feel like it just, we just got to get through it. No, don't get through it. Leverage it and use it to, to cast, to cast vision. Now, how, how, how involved should the should the church be? I'm a fan of pastor-led, congregationally uh, approved. So I do think that there should be some type of approval process for accountability, for transparency. I, I would not recommend getting uh, the the members into the granular details of uh, of a budget. I think that that can can hinder um, uh, a and really slow down the the process for a, for, for a church. And ultimately, as you said, a lot of times the members just aren't too familiar with you know, the the printing needs of mm-hmm. the of, of the church. They still have to budget for, right? Mm-hmm. And so I would I would be cautious about going into to extreme detail with the with with the budget, but certainly use it as a tool to get the church on board with where they are with where you wanted to lead the church. What an amazing opportunity a mm. budget is. Don't miss it. Don't mm. miss out on it. Absolutely. When you were talking about how excited we should all be for budgets, yes. I was just thinking, man, going from what the business meeting looks like now to like a college basketball game, I could be on board for that. There we go. <laughs> that sounds there we amazing. Go. We so, probably shouldn't bring up college basketball. Yeah, we probably, uh, oh, God, <laughs> come on. Hey, I, I did not bring it up once during right. our first recording. I'm just for, saying. For the listeners out there, I'm a massive, massive University of Kentucky fan. I'm a two-time graduate, and so this particular episode is being recorded literally the, the day after we lost to the St. Oh. Peter's Peacocks. Okay. You lost to a peacock. Man. Yeah, we lost to the peacocks. Oh, and um, and it was and, and de- deservingly so. I mean, mm-hmm. it was it was a rough game. Um, I'm still very I'm still getting over there. Very fresh wound there. So thanks guys for bringing that up. Hey, but we're talking finances. This <laughs> yeah, should make you that's feel right. better. There we, go. there we go. There's the band-aid. So, you talked a little bit about how there are some pastors that you've encountered that are still using budgets from 15 years ago. Yeah. So let's just say there might be a pastor like that today that might be listening to this and saying, oh, he, he, he's, he, got, he got hold of my budget. What tips would you give for them to, 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 to basically start over and maybe look at how they need to allocate those funds? You said it should be the blueprint. So just what are some ways that could be helpful for them to think through how they want to allocate those funds across the board for their church? So here's here's something we we did at a at a church that I was a part of called Family Church down at down in West Palm Beach. Um, every year I would sit down with I was the uh, administrative pastor there, so I'd sit down with the with the pastor, and I would say, hey, 
based on where you're, where you see the church going, um, what are the some of the most important um, emphasis that that should that should take place? Where what would you like to see um, emphasized in this this coming year? Is it you know the children's area? Is it uh, the the um, the youth ministry? Is it the senior adult ministry? Is it what would you like to see um, emphasized? And as you're thinking that through, put a percentage by it. How much? Like what should what should the emphasis be? Just put it, put a put a percentage next to it, and we need to make sure that it obviously adds up to to one hundred percent. That was a great um, practice mm. um, for then the next step was, okay, if this is our emphasis percentage-wise, should the ministry dollars that we have available, should that percentage then go to that, that particular area? Now, here's the thing. If you actually follow that, and it doesn't always work out perfectly. There's some fixed cost in there. I completely under, under, understand that. Um, but you have to make sure that your staff – is is on board with wherever you're, you're going because that means that their their ministry budget might not be the same mm-hmm. as that was the prior year mm-hmm. because it's not the area of focus for 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 that for the upcoming year and so once again getting back to vision casting make sure that everybody's on the same page that even when their budgets decrease that's okay because it gets us to where we're going and that they also understand that that this is why Mm-hmm. This is becoming a greater emphasis for us in this in this coming year. Here's what we want to see accomplished. And so that was just something that, that we did that I found that was very helpful. It's not going to, once again, work perfectly for, for all churches, but um, it helped also just make sure that even with limited resources, the budget is a reflection of the mission, that it's mm-hmm. not just this template thing that we that we do, get, get, a, get a stamp, now we can move forward. Um, we didn't overlook it. It was part of the 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 vision of the of the church very tied to it Mm -hmm. good 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 stuff good stuff so what should a pastor do with giving records you you've got you know all of these obviously the you know your uh finance ministry you know or finance committee you know they have the records and so on should the pastor have access to them what 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 are the benefits and what are even the the concerns, um, if if any, uh, for the pastor having those? Yeah, f- first of all, I, I empathize with pastors that uh, do not want to see any any church members' individual giving. I, I completely understand where that comes from. They don't want to show favoritism, or even if it's not actual favoritism, they don't want there to be a perception that it's it's take, taking place. So sure. I, I completely completely un- understand stand where that's where that's coming from for pastors that just say, hey, I don't want to 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 deal with it. I don't want to to know know about it. I'm one that leans toward pastors knowing though. And and I know not everybody's gonna be on the, the same page with this, but I look at what Scripture says about money and how often Scripture talks about finances and why it talks about it, because it's a direct reflection of our, of our, of our hearts. Mm-hmm. And so as you're thinking through discipling your, your, your members, we, we, we care about whether or not they show up to church. If they, if they stop showing up to church, we reach out to them. Hey, mm-hmm. where, where have you been? That's a big deal because it shows that there's something going on in your life. It's an indicator, right, that something is going on in in their in their their lives. It could be a spiritual. It may it may be physical. Who knows? But you got to reach out to them. 
The same thing happens with, with giving. If there's a significant shift in somebody's giving, something has happened. Mm-hmm. Something has happened. It could be spiritual. It, a lot of times it's actually a reflection of marital problems. Mm-hmm. For whatever reason, when there's some marital problems, giving drops. It could be that they've lost a job. Something, something, may, something happened in their, in their life. People don't just mm-hmm. stop giving. Or maybe they are frustrated with the church, but they're not communicating it to you. So it signals something. And I think it's important for, for pastors to know when, when, it, when it drops so that then they can reach out and say, hey, what, is there something going on in your, in, in your life? Um, now, once again, I, I completely understand the, that they don't want to, that there's that, the favoritism issue. The other, other reason why I like it is that it helps you know who actually should be in leadership roles. I mean, you think about it. Do you, do you want a person that is not giving anything to the local church to be maybe in a leadership volunteer position, an important position in, in, in the church? Hmm. I mean, you kind of want to know that they are, that their money is, is is going toward that which they find most most important, and hopefully it's the the, the local church, mm. and that they are bought in to wherever the church is church is going, and if not, then once again that that's it's an indicator that something could be could be awry, mm-hmm. and so I'm not suggesting a, a certain dollar amount should you know once somebody gives two thousand dollars you're okay for leadership right <laughs> sure. But just a pattern of consistent giving right. um, that's that, that's there, whether it's much or a little bit. There's some type of pattern that's that's there. So, from a discipleship standpoint, from a leadership standpoint, I, I think that it can be helpful. It also can help you know what you're, you're dealing with when you have a disgruntled member. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's one thing to deal with somebody who is um, who's once again financially invested in the the, the ministry mm-hmm. and um, in another to deal with somebody who's clearly not mm-hmm. um, that their their heart is not is not there they just want it to be all about all about them sure. and so that's why I lean toward knowing your your churches church members giving maybe maybe it's not even the the very specific dollar amount but some level of of knowledge this is a question for both of you mm-hmm. what are you know you mentioned favoritism but what are some warnings you would say to pastors that if they are going to do that you need to be very careful because of blank favoritism is obviously one of those uh that you've already mentioned i mean obviously favoritism i think is the big one it is that uh, that is the the, yeah. the most significant one yeah let me let me throw this out there as well. Is it just another reason to um, know your church members giving? So a person who has much is going to struggle with with some different struggles that those who have little with. So you you, you find you find that, um, and just as you would minister to somebody like to. Uh, to youth differently, to adults differently, to parents differently, you, you minister differently. Those with much are going to have unique struggles, and and oftentimes the the way that you can identify whether they have much or not is their is their is their their giving, and so um, it also so it helps identify that group. Hey, maybe this is a group of people that God has blessed with wealth. Well, they often struggle with time management. They also mm-hmm. struggle with spending spending time with their family. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe materialism is an issue for, for them. Um, success and being addicted to success may be an issue for them. Um, 
And so they, they, they experience these different types of struggles, and that can help you identify who that, who that group is so that, once again, you can disciple them well. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I get this question a lot. I feel like I've seen it asked a lot, and that is this idea of online giving and resources that help with that. Uh, we're definitely moving that direction in many churches, not just bigger churches, but rural churches. I think the pandemic may have sped some of that up. So our church uses Realm as a online giving resource. What are some other good resources for pastors to know about that could help with online giving or resources that just help teach their members the importance of budgeting and church finances and all of those things so that we can get churches to be like college basketball games. Right. So I, I love an organization called uh, called Secure Give. I'm a big fan of, of who they are. Now, uh, full disclosure, they actually spo- they sponsor my podcast, More, More Than Money, but I went to them to ask if they could sponsor because I knew them and I love them. And so I knew about not just their work, but their but their ministry. So I want to qualify that. Yes, they sponsored the podcast, but they sponsored because I went to them because I loved their right. their work. And here's why I loved what they do. They truly are a ministry first or organization, but they provide phenomenal resources on stewardship, generosity, helping to to get your finances right in your in, in your church. And of course, they have that online giving platform that they that they use as well but that's certainly one that i would that i would recommend a lot of my content is is through secure give so i do a lot of work for for them as well so that would be a a resource right off the top of my my head that i would say yeah even if you don't use them for that platform at least go check out the resources that they that they provide roger you had any resources that you would recommend for pastors in this uh this topic of, of of giving and and church finances yeah, I mean, certainly uh, they're they're a, a phenomenal resource. Uh, of course, uh, the convention has a resource in Guidestone that not only provides services but also provides a ton of resources uh, for for pastors. You know, for thinking through uh, not only their own personal finances but also thinking through the church and the church's finances as well. And so, definitely would recommend them also. So, you know, we've we've talked a lot about about finances over the last couple of episodes. Uh, you know, the the pastor and his own personal finances, the local church, uh, and and her finances as well. Uh, obviously, I'm guessing that there are probably some uh, some guys that are listening to this, and they're just I mean, their head is exploding and and it's oozing out of their ears. You know, I mean, they're just there is so much information, and some of them are probably overwhelmed, right? I mean, they're just yeah. going, you know, this this is you know, I, I thought I was just supposed to preach. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, I mean, I, I've got so much, so many more responsibilities, and of course, you've got some folks who have already felt the the weight of that, you know, and and perhaps feel a little bit out of out of their league, you know, when it when it comes to those things. How can you encourage them? Any any final words of encouragement for them uh, as they lead their church, as they steward the resources that God has entrusted to the church? Yeah, first of all, it's it's, it's not a, not an easy task, right? I mean, that's you're you're, you're right. Um, most uh, ministers do not get into ministry. For, uh, to, for for financial management, right? That's not why they got there. They want to preach the preach the gospel, and so this is just one of those for many of them a necessary evil that that exists. And so, yeah, I would I would certainly I certainly empathize with with them. At the same time, I want to I want to encourage them that this can be a critical piece to your to your ministry. Don't overlook it. Once again, even the budgeting piece. 
my goodness, that is a great, great opportunity for you and for your church to make sure that it is a reflection of where you're going, that it is truly a blueprint for mission, that it's not this template thing that you have left over from 15 years ago. At some point, somebody created a budget for a particular vision for your church. And, many, and once again, it may have been 15 years ago, but but now things are different. So make sure that you're updating it on a on an annual, annual basis. Um, throw out a couple of other resources. Uh, Budgeting for a Healthy Church is a, is, a, is a good book that's out there. Also, Not Your Parents' Offering Plate is, a, is another good resource out there that has some, some good advice uh, 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 that, that, it, that it provides. And so I would just encourage you not to overlook this, this area. Understand the importance of it and, um, and don't view it as a necessary evil, but view it as an extension of, of your ministry to, uh, to your local church. That's a good word, brother. Well, that'll do it. Thank you, Dr. Rayner, again for joining our conversation today. If you aren't already following Dr. Rayner on Twitter or if you aren't subscribed to his newsletter or podcast, change that today so that you can be exposed to some excellent resources, not only for for you and your family, uh, but for your church. If you found today's conversation helpful, consider leaving us a five-star rating and review. We'd love to hear any feedback that you would be willing to give us. As always, it is our mission at the Center for Preaching and Pastoral Leadership to equip and encourage pastors. And I hope we've done that today with our conversation. And as always, my friends, be steadfast and movable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that in the Lord your labor is not in vain.